Welcome to the Fast Future with IFAC, where we explore how small and medium-sized practitioners are adapting to a changing world, where the pace of change seems faster than ever before. I'm Christy Luzzi, a principal here at IFAC, working specifically with our Small and Medium-Sized Practitioners Advisory Group. One of our key initiatives is working with firms around the globe to see what current trends are and how firms are working differently in this rapidly changing business environment. I've been honored to speak to practitioners from different parts of the world about what is happening on the ground at their firms, especially as we navigate this challenging times. For this, our very first episode, I spoke with Amala Kemitas, an Australian accountant who was introduced to us by CAANZ, the Chartered Accountants of Australia and New Zealand. Amala's firm is based in Melbourne, Australia, where she and three in-house staff specialize in taxation advice, management accounting, budgeting, and bookkeeping. To start, I asked Amala what specific technologies might have changed the firm's business model. In addition to cloud accounting, she described her firm's experience with video reporting. So we all were, I mean, like we're a very young firm. So um, from experience and background, uh, like I've had experience from sort of like that traditional view and also up and coming. Um, we've started always with uh, cloud accounting and keeping everything um, online uh, just to create that accessibility. Um, like I've come from background in traditional accounting where they were sort of testing the waters for cloud accounting. Um, but yeah, and I think for us, the other thing that we've um, implemented, and that's probably in the last two years, is our communication is through videos, you know, reporting um, isn't through this huge email. I mean, it's there for if, if you want it as a, as a reference, but it's an interactive video of your report rather than creating that anxiety level of, oh, I have to review my accounting report where it's like, no, I just have to watch this video and it's pointing to you what we're looking at. And um, we've had amazing feedback from that aspect. And that's what you want, you know, like you do the hard work for the client to understand it easily. Yeah, so it just started with one client where I felt like, you know, I would, they'd be quite honest or I knew that they were having issues with really understanding that, oh, this is what this means, this is what this means. But it's just literally, you know, you record your screen and outline the report and be like, hey, with your mouse, this is what this is. Um, this is what we're talking about now. This is what gets affected by this. This is your profit. Let's look at the balance sheet. Um, this is where you were. This is where you're at right now. And these are the reasons. People work really hard in their organizations. So, you know, I'd, I'd like to think they'd also like to know where they're at. And I found this helps. We turn to her firm's approach to cybersecurity. I mean, you know, the first thing is... Uh, what cloud software we're going to use, what saving platform I'm going to use, and just to sense that and analyze that. I'm like, we have an IT department um, which oversee that, and uh, you know, internally we communicate from an aspect of suspicious activities that have happened during the period, and do not open anything, and just sort of what you would be looking at. Um, we've often found, like, you know, emailing our, um, our IT department and saying, hey, we've had this what's going on. Um, so it's just that constant engagement with our IT department, which has been fantastic from an aspect, even educating us on an aspect of what we should be looking out for, what looks like a scam. And just sort of, um, you know, for us here in Australia, working with the ATO, which is our regulatory department for tax affairs, um, keeping an eye out on what they're receiving as well, because a lot of people report things to them about what's been happening. So, you know, we don't bury our head in the sand about that. And it's just 
being active from that end. And um, the other thing is uh, insurances. It's massive, you know, cybersecurity insurances and what covers that. And, you know, as an accounting firm, you know, we're all required to have it, but it's something that we also relay to our clients who are also on the cloud for, you know, e-commerce and so forth. People are handing over their information. And a lot of the times they're like, I never thought of that. The rising importance of cybersecurity led us to the topic of the COVID-19 pandemic, its effects on the firm, on its clients, and on all the individuals who make the work happen. Even government itself was trying to roll out support packages, you know, overnight. Um, so the emotions were heightened at that time, you know, from accountants interpreting the, you know, this legislation pack that's this thick and clients are calling up, am I eligible, is this or that? Um, it's opened up opportunity uh, for us, though, because it's been ongoing at the time when it happened last year. And we get to see firsthand how clients are affected financially. Some have excelled, you know, in the department, uh, um, in the industry that they're operating, but some have hit flatline. Um, you know, they turn over $5 million a year before and this year it's zero because events have been shut down. Um, so from that aspect, because we have that front row seat of what's really happening, um, as an organization last year, even though it created opportunity for us for more work, um, it wasn't charged. And, you know, that was something that we saw as our client value proposition. Um, so we were a bit, I think, naive, which is a learning um, that it would end last year. Like, it's like, this is one off. We're happy to do this. Um, and second year into it, we're now in like almost second year. It's, you know, the programs are still rolling out. And, um, you know, as a firm, we decided, well, we're going to have to start charging for this. And there wasn't a question about it. There wasn't anything like that. And I think that goes hand in hand with um, what we're about helping rather than just sort of it being transactional. Um, so I think that's kind of played out in our favour as well, like equally from a financial aspect, but also from a service offering value proposition and client relationship. Um, yeah, you hit that larger scale um, and that's with anything. doesn't matter what organisation you're working, when you have those departments, you know, when you've got 50, 60, 100 people in your firm, naturally without working significantly harder, it does drift to a transactional process. Um, yeah, and it's finding that sweet spot in between of how do, you not, how do you not allow it to become that transactional process. And we were in a position where it wasn't transactional and, you know, we aim to not be transactional. Who knows what will happen in five years' time from our scaling point of view. But um, And that was a decision we made back then. It killed us. Well, not well, almost. We're still here. But, yeah. Like you said, you know, the hospitality, the events, the weddings, that industry, yeah, it was. And then from a charging point of view and then, you know, everything that's happening in their life, um, pick up the phone and be like, hey, this isn't an accounting phone call. This isn't a tax phone call. It's just, how are you? What's happening? You know? I asked Amala how her firm's business model differed from competitors. It's speaking in a client's language um you know walking into a room and you know being aware that like like we spoke about this earlier again it's like like not everybody's across accounting and finance um and I can just sit there and be all like I'm the accountant and you know he's your um you know your ROI your ROA and you know uh your EBITDA and they just be like what you know but are talking about 
this is what's left over after you've sold and you know used up everything that's been relating to this um, asset and so forth. Uh, this is a written down value of a, like this is what the ATO sees as a value, but this is what you sold it in real life. And you know, um, I find that's helped out a lot. Um, a lot of the feedback that we do get is explaining things in detail um, because someone's paying for a service. You want them to walk out to be like, okay, I understood what that was about. So I think from that value proposition aspect, um, it's I, I, like, I don't want to say putting myself to a standard of how the client interprets it. I think it's just retweaking how we communicate it um, and understanding that perhaps you know your return on assets, your return on investment, you know everything about that. That's fantastic. But a lot of people don't. And it's always just reminding ourselves of that. Um, yeah. And, you know, from a, I find with us, um, and again, as a person, I think because I do this, everybody does it, um, you know, from a resources point of view is accessibility to client data. And I often remind clients who were hesitant to move to like cloud accounting, I'd be like, isn't this great? You know, we're in your file at the same time, looking at the same issue that you had. Remember how you were saying? And they'll be like, this is great. I wish I did this sooner. I'm like, there you go. Um, so you're creating that trust there as well. Um, from an aspect of I'm not going to tell you something that is in my benefit it's in your benefit um, so from that aspect and I again think that everybody's doing this like using cloud um, accessibility and time like live reporting and access to information right then on you know when they're asking about it rather than oh yeah I still haven't received that I need to download that file I need to upload plugin I need to do this it's like no it's all there um, so I found that we differentiate ourselves from that. Maybe somebody else has that. I don't know. I can't peek into their business model. Um, but yeah. To Amala, the opportunity and the need for advisory services is clear. Yeah. I mean, you know, we started our conversation here with how accounting firms have had to change with, you know, to move to cloud. But a lot of small businesses start off with your Excel um, template or Excel sheet and, start with that and then you know it gets to a point where that becomes time consuming and then you know they move to cloud as well um so from that aspect uh it's the unknown of the encouragement of try it i'll show you how to use it um and then on the go you can use it on your phone as well and this is how you would upload it you know go to the shop that you need to buy what you need to buy take a photo of it upload it like you would of your food when you're eating um, and throw out the receipt um so and it's when they learn how to do step one, they become curious about step two because they can see how effective um, it's for them. Um, so certainly seeing that aspect from a, like from a training perspective, um, you know, we do offer that service as well uh, for onboarding on their accounting systems for them. Um, and when they find that it's a bit easier, it's kind of like um, a bit of profiling as well, you know, from a client perspective of, does the client want to know exactly how it's done or are they just like, I don't care, I want you to do it and tell me the end result. So there's that hand-holding, but then there's that oversight as well. So it just really depends on the client. Um, we found that it's been in both ways. Like I found myself the other day, um, a client emailed asking about nothing to do with accounting, nothing to do with tax. And that's that point of that advisory, you know, like it's that you often hear it like to 
provide that um, small business advisory service, but to a point like these days, um, it's providing that advice in the decisions that they're trying to make that doesn't necessarily relate to accounting or tax. It's um, to do with cash. And, you know, accountants here are limited to how much, well, they are limited to the financial advice you can give. And I always say that. I'm like, can't tell you where to invest your money, but you need to look at X, Y, Z. You know, should I pay this off? Should I do this? And, you know, they talk about the plans with you or like somebody will say, oh, I can't afford to buy a house. So it's like, well, you're making good money if you just leave X aside, you know, and this is how much you need to save. If you keep adding to it, you can afford to buy a house. And by showing that visual map of what they can do, they can be like, hey, I can do this. And it goes beyond that accounting advice. It's just that you can do it like from that life aspect to a degree, but Again, there's so much of yourself you can give in an eight to five, nine to five role or however much hours we work in the day or not. Um, so, yeah, there's that line up there as well. The firm's staff of three plus a part-time contractor came together around values. Well, for us recruiting, um, it's a timely process, which we chose to do ourselves from an aspect of, um, you know, ticking off the boxes from that career um, role, task and competence. But the focus, what I found, the focus was more on personality and character and attitude. Um, You know, you can't teach attitude. You can't teach values. You can't teach character. It's what that person has from when they were this big. Um, You can teach a job. You can teach a new process. You can teach, hey, we added a service. This is what we can do. Um, But asking those questions about behavioral and just human questions um, and then asking, does this person align with our values and what we're about? Um, when you're in a small accounting practice, um, you're exposed to all areas and, and, you know, as a person, you have to be willing to be open to taking that task on from every area. But if you don't have the right attitude for it, um, it's not going to work. So I think it's focusing more on the human side and also obviously the task on hand and what the role is outlining, um, Yeah, so just to keep that human connection. Finally, I asked Amala what one piece of advice she would offer firms on how to transform their practice, best serve their clients, and grow. I keep forgetting that how I interpret things isn't how somebody else does and, you know, how somebody else does things isn't how I do it. Um, Again, it's that what happens here, what gets affected, and it's always something else happened. There's always a flow on effect and you have to be curious enough to find that flow on effect because eventually it'll affect the bottom line somehow. And with the bottom line from Amala, that's all for this episode of the Fast Future with IFAC. Thank you for listening and please look out for our conversations with other practitioners coming in future episodes.